All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. Or I shouldn't say Mostly Ghostly for uh, this episode. You know what I mean? We're going to be tracing the origins of the serpent cult. You know what I mean? Which is some a slippery situation. You know what I mean? What do you think, Ray? Uh, I agree. I think that we'll be slithering all over the place. I think we'll never we'll we'll, we'll never see like snakeskin boots and feel and feel the same way we used to. It'll be a whole new feeling because we'll we'll feel like uh, we really know the pain and the journey of that snake before it was put onto the uh, the feet. You know what I mean? But what can be done? What can be said? You know, this is kind of a, you know, we, we do episodes that kind of can be uh, squared off in groupings, if you will. And we, I know we did our uh, snake people episode. Um, was that with that last season? I think early last season, I could be wrong. And uh, now we're going to dive into the, into the old serpent cult. You know what I mean? And these snake things always interest me because, Snakes are like one of the most alien things to us. You know what I mean? What I mean by is it's so different than what we are. If, if, if human was never to see a snake and it just appeared one day in its backyard, you would, you would, it wouldn't be too hard for you to be conned into thinking that that thing came out of a spacecraft. You know what I mean? It's very, um, very otherworldly looking, you know what I mean? Um, aquatic looking, you know. But it's one of those deals. And of course, we know, you know, the biblical, you know, existence of the snake, you know what I mean? And where it fits into the story, you know, mythology, where it fits into the story there. You know, the snake's one of those, the snake of the serpent, if you will. Now, the serpent, does that, does that include lizard too, or is that strictly a snake? I don't know. I tend to go with strictly snake. Yeah. But it's uh one of those deals, you know. So you know, in mythology serpent symbolizes fertility and procreation, wisdom, death, and resurrection, uh, due to shredding its skin, as most people have seen, you know, in their travels. In the earliest schools of mysticism, the symbol of the word was the serpent. The light that appeared was metaphorically defined as a serpent called Kundalina, uh, coiled at the base of the spine to remain dominant in an unwakened person. I know they do that with like your chakras and stuff like that. Isn't there like there's a snake? There's t- some type of deal with uh, almost like the snake within people, right? The chakra yeah. system. Yeah. yeah, the kundalini, it's the uh, energy that travels up the spine. It winds up like a snake. Yeah. Divinity or awakening one's godhood and latent abilities came uh, with the rituals and teachings brought by the serpent people. To understand them, we must look at the original serpents. In China, it was a male and female pair with human heads and serpent bodies named Fu, Si, and Nu Wa who created humans. So that's what they believed in China. Huh? I never heard that. That's interesting. I've seen the, uh, in some Chinese films, uh, what do you call a Chinese sci-fi film? I've seen creatures like that. Something like Godzilla. 
type film? Uh, films a villain? About their, films about their mythology. I like that. Well, we should watch some of those films. You know, a male and female pair with human heads is extremely creepy and serpent bodies. That's horrifying stuff. Like in our last episode when we were talking about those horses, like the horse bodies with the the upper body of a human, that's like pretty horrifying in itself. But I must say that the snake mix uh mashup, human uh mashup is more horrifying than the horse in person mashup. Not that I want to deal with any either of them if anybody's listening, you know what I mean? I don't want no trouble. Um but you know, it was the Anunnaki Nin Krasang and her husband, uh, Enki, who were given the task of creating workers. Enki is known to us as the serpent in Genesis, the one who gave us the ability to think and reason, uh, and so was cursed by his brother, Enel, Enlil, for it. Yeah, you know, because of the knowledge thing, they often talking about knowledge and you know, knowledge uh, to the wrong person, you know, somebody having knowledge could be a bad thing. Knowledge is power, you know what I mean? Now, to the Hindus, it was the cosmic serpent, Ananta, who created us. So, if at the dawn of man's creation, we have a pair of serpent-like beings who created us, then whose of the serpent cult must have been their direct descendants, either by blood or spirit? What do you think, Ray? Uh, I would say the snakes on the earth would be the direct uh, descendants. They're trying to make it sound like almost like God's a serpent a little bit. What do you uh, in that culture, the snake, yeah, the snake is a representative of the divine. And you've said before, I think that when you go into like, uh, like a dimensional deal uh, and spirit animals and stuff like that, and spirit guides, um, didn't we once talk about like a snake or, or read about like a snake that was human that was like uh, uh, you somebody went to for answers or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Not off the top of my head. Oh, okay. I know. I remember. What, remember that ayahuasca stuff we talked about before that hallucination uh, yeah. like therapy drug. I want to yeah. say. I want to say that people say that that there's almost a gatekeeper type deal that throughout their journey they all come across this person. Uh, and it and it is it's a snake human cr- cross uh, like cross up, but suppose they don't they don't feel threatened by it, they, which is crazy because I'd be I need uh, I don't know I, I need a uh, toilet paper or something if if there's a situation like that that's a little too much for me. But yeah, so the everywhere, uh, you know, would you you got you know serpent snake like the sperm is snake like. And then the maggots that eat the flesh are snake-like. It's like the circle of life. You know what I mean? It's a weird deal. Well, some some symbols of the snake, as far as uh, it being immortal or going on eternally, they have the uh, snake in a circle biting its own tail. Yeah, which is kind of the story of humanity a little bit when you think about it. Now, the serpent cult, they must have had their direct descendants, for sure. Uh, and it almost wonders if they're if they're creeping out there in the shadows today. Now, Ray, real quick, uh, personal question: Do you believe that at one point in this world uh, there was a crossbreed that 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 roamed that slithered across the the, the the ground that we walk on now? What do you mean by crossbreed? 
human like, and snake? Like somebody with the, with the torso of a human and the body of a snake. Uh, I would tend to say no. I assume in mythology they would definitely have to have some cross-ups like that, for sure. Well, they would. One of the, there's several representations of Medusa, but one of them, uh, and I yeah. think that's her name, one yeah. of them has, has a giant snake, and then at the waist she turns into a human, but the head has all the snakes on it. Yeah, like the locks of, like, uh, braids, but snakes. Yeah, but the, bo- the body from the waist down is snake. Yeah, I remember what was that? Um, trying that old that old movie with the stop motion in it, um, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, um, has that in there, and uh, the stop motion. She's horrifying. She's like Medusa. The Medusa in that guy in that film is absolutely horrifying. Uh, maybe that's why I have such a fear because I remember seeing that as a youngster. Um, now the next serpent was. Er- and Enki's son, which is Ningazida, known for uh, known to the Sumerians, Egyptians, and Tibetans, according to Zechariah Sitchin, uh, he he dwelt in Magan, or what is known to us as Egypt, leading theorists to believe he was Thoth, who formed a mystery school propagating ideas of self-improvement and enlightenment, furthering his father's deeds and philosophy. If Enki and uh, Ningazadea ruled over Magan, as in claimed, then that school would have been a beacon attracting all who wished to gain knowledge, backed by the power and might of Magan. You know, is there another proof of that there, you think? I don't know. It was claimed that the Council of Nicaea uh, that the powers of gods came from Egypt. There was a great white brotherhood named for their raiment, a prominent mystery school in Kamak. A branch of it became the Egyptian therapeutic, who in Judea were known as the Essenes, Jesus being the Essenine, uh, uh most likely was initiated in Egypt at this mystery school, rising up and the levels until he became a master. Zachariah Sitchin, I'm, uh, I'm familiar with for sure. Now, the Egypt deal, of course, you know, very, uh, very much so. I think everybody knows the Sumerians and the Egyptians and the Tibetans, they're all getting down with it. You know what I mean? Uh, were you familiar with the Great White Brotherhood? Uh, familiar with the uh, School of Sacred Knowledge, uh, as far as thought goes, and also with the Great White Brotherhood. Yeah, that's not a name you want to go by nowadays. No, they 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 misconstrue it, but uh, the Melchizedek method uh, gains access to some of that, um, some of those teachings and some yeah. of those mysteries as far as uh, your advancement. Yeah. And it calls upon both the, uh, the studying the knowledge of the secrets, the secret knowledge through thoughts and also help from the Great White Brotherhood. Yeah. Now, eventually, the Anunnaki did lose control of Earth and its population which was rapidly expanding with mankind scattered across the globe, forming their own colonies and social structures. 
Those who followed the serpent ideology would have been concerned with maintaining relevance while faced with constant change, new religions, and potential threats to their own land, which was wealthy, to both protect themselves and to encourage people to follow their belief system. They sent out uh, emissaries, or better known as the Shining Ones, and we find tales of these Shining Ones the world over. I think they got anything to do with The Shining, with the movie The Shining, like having that shine. Uh, think about that for a second. The simple hunters and fishermen, they seemed like gods to those folks. Uh, they did not come to conquer the lands, but rather to aid the people, teaching them how to cultivate crops, heal their sick and injured, and read the stars. So what's your take on The Shining Ones? Uh, the Shining Ones, I think what you're having there is a lot of crossover with religious beliefs and Shining Ones could be equivalent to angels. Yeah, I agree. It it does have that, um, when I brought up the, the movie The Shining, there was a real, well, you know, it sounds a little jokey joke, but The Shining is kind of just almost like a psychic ability to see things, you know what I mean? Uh, more enlightened type vibe when you boil it down. And if you go deeper from The Shining into the new, like that Dr. Sleep film, you know, it's very psychic vampire-like and, you know, almost like uh, very spiritual, you know what I mean? And it ties in and you almost would vibe with the fact that those things are kind of out there roaming around, taking up, you know, people's uh, innocence and fears and all that crazy madness. You know, have you seen Dr. Sleep? I know you've seen The Shining, right? Of course. Uh, I've seen The Shining. I didn't see the other one. Um, if you're talking about The Shining ones, there's also the idea that the possibility is that with their energy being different, yeah. uh, um, the chakras imbalance, their energy systems, what they're putting out there, uh, most, a lot of people today would call it an aura, could be so intense that the people at the time, being closer to the earth, to nature... Uh, not hung up on technology, they might still have the senses and ability to detect some of that. So these shining ones, they were detecting the aura and the light coming from them. They would gravitate towards the light, and then they would uh, the shining ones would teach them. I think the shining ones could also be like alien life too. If you think about it, you know what I mean. Get these reptilian deals, alien life. Could be a little bit of anything, you know what I mean? Ray don't believe in aliens. Uh, I didn't say I didn't believe in aliens. It could be, <laughs> it could be the shining ones. I don't know, but uh, then again, there could be something looking in that grass by the river. I'm looking at out there. No, no. I hope to imagine it. What would you do if a big ten foot thick snake just took took uh, fight mode and gave it the stare? I kind of look back and ask it, what do you want? 12-gauge, I think, set off. There should be a movie with Ray Booten battling off against a gigantic steak. Can we have a barbecue, a snake barbecue afterwards? That's how it ends, yeah. That's like the end with the big thumbs up in the freeze frame. Ding! Not that far off from chicken. You cook it right, it's very tender. I've heard that. I've heard that. Never tried that. I wouldn't be opposed to it, though. I'd try it. Now, numerous ancient cultures throughout the world worshipped the serpent, being such as Quetzalcoatl, 
Siawashatizi and Siawachati. Uh, did I say any of those correctly, Ray? Do you know? I don't. I don't know. I appreciate it. You're looking out for me. He doesn't want to make me feel bad, ladies and gentlemen. He's a good man. Now, in Mexico and Peru, that's where that they're called these things. They're not called them here, so I can't be held too responsible for it. Now, the Naga king of India and his Nagan children, Po Naga in Vietnam, uh, who was their first empress, and the serpent deities who were beautiful women associated with trees and lakes. Um, the snake goddess of Egypt, Wadjet, uh, was protector of the land, kings and the women in childbirth. In Minka, the snake goddess was addressed as Asanami and was related to the Hittite Asahara, uh, the Kamar Aspara, and the Kyanite Ashera. Pre-Christian Ireland, Scotland, and England also worshipped the serpent. Um, yeah, that's some heavy stuff right there, man. I'm getting, I'm getting creeped out, dude. Um, they worship the serpent throughout the world. That's not really a good deal. Um, well, yeah, it does. Ma- it does make sense, though. It does make sense for sure. Absolutely. You you, know. you, uh, you take this time. You take this small creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, this little thing can kill you or a large beast with a bite. Yeah, but it's got a lot of power. You're out looking around, and there's the skin because it shedded the skin, but it's still alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know you can't take your skin off and still live. Your bite doesn't kill. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you start going through. I mean, you cut the tail off, the thing just grows a new one. Yeah. So these are very magical beasts that these people, if you go back thousands and thousands of years, these, these things are magic. It's kind of, oh, look, I cut it. I cut some off. It regrows it. It drops its skin. It keeps living. It can kill me with a little bite. That's Well, what are we going to do about this? I don't know about you. I'm playing it safe. I'm worshiping it. And I mean, you don't want to deal with the, like I said, you don't want to deal with a bigger one. No. I I don't, I don't. You know, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in my my family's backyard just walking, and I'd say a little garter snake or whatever that was like about 12 inches, maybe a little bit bigger, um, just like, Slithered out between my legs. I, I happened to look down, and where I was standing, it just like between my legs, and uh, that's how I knew it was just a little bit twelve inches. I, I eyeballed it, you know what I mean, and um, scared the hell out of me. It took my breath away for a second, and it no, it couldn't have done no harm to me, but like just the idea of seeing it there and what it was creeped me out. Gave me like, ooh, the heebie-jeebies. Got my adrenaline going and stuff. Um, Maybe it's the possibility of how it snuck up, how maybe if it was dangerous or uh, had some poison up in its teeth for me, that uh, it could have been, it could have striked me, put me down before uh, before I even knew what was going on. You know what I mean? Well, I, uh, I lived for a while back in the early 70s in a part of Texas that was not very populated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a nearby I'd call it either a big town or small city. Yeah. They had so many rattlesnakes that they had a rattlesnake roundup each year. 
prize for the longest, the this, the that, all the different prizes. Most of the year, they had a bounty on them. Yeah. And I had a friend, uh, we'd be sitting around thinking, going out this weekend, now uh, we got no cash. And he modified an air gun to uh, shoot a spike and we had a hook thing. You'd go out and uh, you'd get these snakes. You get the rattlesnakes, you hunt them. Yeah. And then you bring you bring them back in, you turn them, you get your money. It's like, boom, we can party this weekend. Hell yeah. The Simpsons episode like that, too, I think, referencing that. There were so many of them that the first thing, if you weren't from around there, they told you was never put your foot where you can't see. That's good advice. They say that like when hikers get it in the feet a lot because they're like hiding under logs and when they step over just to hike, they get popped real quick. You know, there's. I know you, you're a man of. You've been researching all this and religion and things for many moons. You ever get too deep into? It was like Alap- Appalachia, where they like handle the snakes and stuff. Is like, uh, you know, religious practices such uh, to show their faith, praying with snakes and stuff. Uh, no, I I've never investigated that. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting vibe. You know what I mean. They get some of them, it's kind of crazy because some of them have been, you know, they, a lot of them, you know, they die and they've been bit numerous times and with the poison and uh, they don't die. You know, there's there, there's there's many a time when they don't die. Um, very crazy stuff. I mean, I could just say crazy. Um, you know what I mean? Just different, we'll say. I'm trying to, trying to be more open-minded about things. Um but yeah, very interesting stuff for sure. You know, I wouldn't want to do it. What's your take on people? And we're not condemning anybody, but what's your take on people that handle poisonous snakes to prove their faith or to think it's think that there's a connection, you know, a higher connection through the snake? Um, I think that they're trying to call down that that protection on demand in this world to prove something. And if you really believe in a uh, benevolent God or the divine, um, something bigger than you, why are you trying to manipulate it? To prove something, to, uh, to show, uh, to show its power, you're bragging. And there was a problem they had, uh, that a lot of conquerors had did that, particularly, for example, in the, when the, uh, they came over to the U.S., they would go into a, uh, an area and they'd be the Native Americans and they'd say, okay, call down, you know, call down your God and go have it wipe us out because we're destroying your shrine or we're destroying your sacred area. And that challenging thing and, uh, God on demand, so to speak, I'm really not, really not into, it, but I'm not saying prayer for somebody isn't a good idea. Yeah. But when you've got that attitude saying, well, oh, yeah, well, my divinity is going to kick yours, but no, that's not divine. That's ego. Yeah, I'm vibing with you on that. Do you think that, uh, you know, it's you know, the thin line between certain things, you know what I mean? And uh, I could just be uh, maybe not as educated in the thing, you know what I mean? Where I almost like a sling blade. Like, I see Sling Blade handling snakes in my mind. And uh, I feel like he, he, maybe there's some ego. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. There's definitely probably some ego there. 
what I'm trying to go for is some of these snake handling people seem to be, you know, they really kind of down southy, backwoodsy. That's nothing against them. Um, and you get, you almost get the vibe like uh, it's it's a real like uh, extreme, you know what I mean? Way of pr- doing something, showing, trying to prove something <clears throat> like um, I guess anybody you could take it all the way to an urban, you know, situation with the, you know, the folks that would, you know, shoot you in the face over an argument would probably be the same folks that would handle snakes down south. Snake rattle and roll, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, they're doing it to prove the power of their faith. Yeah. I, I disagree with having to prove the power of your faith. Uh, I don't think you should have to prove anything. You should just be yourself connected and have it and not need to uh, demonstrate it to people yeah. or hold it up on a stage and make a show of it. Uh, that's just a different way I have of uh, faith believing and living, carrying that faith out. Have you ever owned a snake in your day? I almost feel like Ray would own a snake or have handled some snake. Uh, handled, yes, because they had, uh, again, in Texas, uh, yes. one of my friends there was a specialist, and he used to, uh, he had a collection of snakes. He was very disappointed. He had a license. He could get a lot of things. They wouldn't let him get a cobra, though. Mm. Yeah. He was disappointed. But, um, yeah, I've handled some of his snakes. We pulled a prank once. Uh, uh. that it, it was a young boa constrictor. It wasn't that big. Yeah. And it liked body warmth. Oh, no. I would let it wrap around my stomach and one time it was wrapped around there and I put a shirt on and I wasn't really thinking about it because it was nice and quiet so I figured I'd leave it alone we went out to eat while and I was there? Said, yeah, I was yeah. under my shirt it was under my shirt and uh, at one point it stuck its head out of the shirt and started looking around yeah that kind of upset some patrons in there. We got kicked out. You should have said that it was in the it was in the plate. It, 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 it swam out of the plate into my shirt, and I demand free meal for a lifetime. And despite what people think, it that was not scaly, it was not slimy, it was more like satin or silk. It was like really the skin was just smooth and nice. Yeah, I mean, snake. They 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 can they can be cool. This you know, like I said, I seen one in the yard and it creeped me out. I maybe it was the surprise factor, not expecting it. Because I've been like, I when I was younger and you go to the zoo, I've taken, I have a picture with like the big boa on my shoulder with my family and stuff. And I remember the first time I ever went to New York City, uh, we went and go hang out with this dude that did uh, the music for uh, Straw the stronghold the john woo video game and he was a big snake dude and uh i remember in in his living room he actually had a a big glass table and and it was the first snake he ever had like the bones to it and it was all coiled up he said he did it himself after it died like he took you know which was crazy and he had the loot and i remember that uh in this dude's living room he also had like you walk in there in the walls it had glass like a zoo uh and there was like snakes within the walls and stuff. It was really cool. And he was showing us these, <clears throat> these like all white snakes. You pulled them out and they were white and uh, you hold them 
And uh, they'll slither around your head, and I was cool with that. And when they changed color, like, in the light and stuff, it was really cool. They were, like, exotic stuff. So I can't say, like, I hate them. I think just uh, the surprise of it. You're not expect. I think they're just so weird-looking and so not human-like. You know, I think everybody gets their brain set on human. Okay, yep, four legs, you know, four legs. What am I I'm out of my mind. Two legs, two arms, you know, one head. Uh, everybody can kind of come to terms with, you know, uh, cats and dogs. They're very much alike in their posture, you know what I mean? So we can kind of come to grips with them around us all the time. But snakes, you don't really see that much. So I think when they pop up on the scene, uh, it's kind of a little more uh, terrifying, you know what I mean? So I'll get back into the old Minkin snake goddess you know what i mean and all this snake stuff however a visiting figurehead was not enough to cement the serpent cult's position especially when faced with new religions and kingdoms that were acquiring uh, political and military might to that end politically uh, advantages marriages were arranged with the emerging ruling families a serpent prince or princess marrying into the family would bring trade, wealth, knowledge on how to form a coherent society and the secrets known only to the cult, which would then be passed down to the resultant children. It was this well uh, of knowledge that gave the new ruling family the advantage over their people and allowed them to claim divinity or superiority over all others. Yet, most of these marriages did not end happily. Because there was no love there, right? There was no love in those relationships. It was strictly business. And that's definitely mixing business and pleasure, if you ask me. What do you think? Uh, I agree. It was expedient, but uh, I don't know. It had to fail down the line when there's no feeling behind it. You know, marriage is such a personal and intimate thing that you really you can't just be it can't just be a business partnership you know what i mean you gotta know the troubles that have come from that maybe one of them did like the other one more and it was an issue you know what i mean any 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 number of things could be a ruckus in a situation like that now king duadabang of burma had a had a naga princess as wife the capital of burma pagan had Naga advisors in attendance. In some accounts, after a falling out with his wife, he was said to have been killed by the Nagas. They they must have been on her side, huh? Oh, yeah. Family feud. Now, in Laos, uh, the tale is told of the Naga prince, Fanki, who fell in love with Khmer princess, Akam wishing to have a glimpse of her uh, but remain incognito, he, terms, he turned himself into a squirrel, uh, which if you could turn yourself into a squirrel, I don't imagine there being too many other life problems, but uh, not that being a squirrel could solve them, but I feel like you, you have uh, some other qualities that might be, uh, uh, you know, you could take advantage of for uh, whatever gain. But was uh, unfortunately caught and eaten. That sucks. <laughs> That's a bogus deal, Ray. You know what I mean? I always imagined, don't you think you could fucking switch back? As soon as that thing grabbed you, you could switch back. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's maybe they get them so quick that you're thinking about dying instead of thinking about switching back. But uh, that's, 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 yeah. 
the squirrel snake connection is interesting because I was reading something that uh, in parts of the world there were squirrels that, well, squirrels are a favorite food of snake. True. And there were squirrels that when they find the skin that the snake has shed, they rub themselves in it. And if a snake comes by after that, while the scent is still on them, the scent, the snakes have very poor eyesight and they do almost everything by scent. Yeah. So they don't recognize the squirrel. They get the scent of another snake. So they just go around and they leave it alone. Very smart. Now you've got a story there. You get the, the, smir- the squirrel, the snake, and then the squirrel's eaten. I think that's kind of, that's very interesting considering what happens in nature. Squirrel's kind of close to a mongoose, too, and there's this, the, this mongoose and snake tail. You know what I mean? Oh, they, they, they love to take out cobras. Yeah. Now, his father, the Naga king, waged war on the kingdom in retaliation, capturing the princess, King Fadang, who was also in love with her, went to rescue her, but was unsuccessful, becoming the ghost king and continuing the siege of Naga king's capital. It's, it, I like the wording when it's like, he was unsuccessful. He became the ghost king because we killed him. It's almost like what they, they talk, kings would talk shit to each other. They would, he's like, you know what? You're going to be, in a week, you're going to be the ghost king because I'm going to kill you up. What do you think of that? You know what I mean? What do you think, Ray? Yeah, it's kind of way, say, taking away all his power. You're just... Uh... You're just a ghostly figure. You can't do anything anymore. You're not powerful. They didn't realize how cool of the, how it's probably the coolest sounding name than, than any other, any other one that they have over there. Now in Cambodia, it was Soma, the daughter of King Naga, who was captured by the Brahmin priest Kandinya, who then married him. Her father sucked up the water from a swampy land, creating the country of Kampuchea. For the couple. I guess he was so cheap he didn't want to buy something, so he just sucked up all the water and gave them something. What a guy. uh, Cambodia, which sounds a lot like Cambodia, and and Laos are next to each other. That's truth. Yeah, that is truth. And the Brahmin priest, Kondinya. You know what I mean? Uh, her father sucked up the water. That was my favorite part. She, he sucked up all the swamp water to give them the swamp. It's not even a good area. You know, back in the, I'm surprised the swamplands people weren't on top of them for something like that. Now in Java, there was a story that bears some similarity to the Little Mermaid. Oh, um, Disney was always taking stuff from mythology, though. It is the tale of the Nayalara Kadul, who was married to the human king. Uh, she was so beautiful that his other wives hired a witch to make her ugly. Uh, that's funny. She was so she was so beautiful. The other wives were jealous, um, but they hired a witch to make her ugly. Uh, I guess that was back in the they, they, no violence. They don't believe in violence because nowadays they throw acid in her face to make her ugly or something. You know, back in the day they just go to the witch. Now in despair, she jumped into the ocean, so she must have been made ugly where the goddess took pity on her, turning her into a half-human. 
half snake and anointing her queen of the ocean. In India, the serpent uh, beings were known as Najin, the children of the Naga king. Several royal families claim lineage through their intermarriage uh, in the Najin, including the Manipur, Yadavas, and Palavas. In Greece, the most uh, famous example is Alexander the Great, whose mother was an enthusiastic participant in Orphic rites, often dancing with serpents draped about her in the fresco tilted Zeus seduces Olympias by Julio Romano. Zeus uh, has a head and a torso of a human, but the tail of a serpent. Yeah. So, there, you know, there's some of that stuff there, too, you know. Um, the mighty, you know, the mighty and the dangerous and the smart. Uh, all these people that all these great warrior type leader types would probably uh, want to get down with. You know, there's no... There's no question why you, you, you see some snakes on shields and such. You know what I mean? Now, what do you think about, uh, you know, getting that half human, half fish deal? Getting that, or she going into the, going into the, the queen of the queen of the ocean type deal. You think that's just some happy, that's almost sounds like the ghost stories that we would talk about where like, um, you know, the, the lovers, the torn lovers, type deal that has a very kind of torn lovers vibe to it a little bit where she hated her and she, she, she committed suicide, but don't feel bad because now she's the queen of the ocean type deal. What do you think? Uh, it's kind of typical in a lot of mythologies where, uh, yeah, the outcast person's a God or a goddess feels pity on them and gives them something, uh, to kind of offset their being outcast. So it's a common theme around the world in yeah. a lot of mythology. I want to say when we were do, going through some of the um, the ghostly haunts of Massachusetts, there was like a lot of Native American kind of stories like that, like love stories gone awry or such like that. You know what I mean? Now in France, we have the tale of Melusine, the half human, half fish or serpent betrayed by her husband who broke his word to honor her request that he not disturb her while she took her ritual bath. Okay. So she's betrayed by her husband who broke his word to honor her request that he not disturb her while she took her ritual bath. So this is just, ah, how, um, oh my goodness, this is like Karen. This is like old, the original Karen type deal. Where so you know, kind of th- she she becomes half human, half fish. This is madness almost. You know what I mean? Just out of spite to her husband that broke his honor. He broke his word of honor. He promised her he wasn't going to come in there in her bath. <sighs> now, when the serpent beings were known for their beauty and brought such advantages, um, did the marriages end? Uh, Often so badly, of course they did. Perhaps the serpent princess found herself missing her home. She also found herself dependent on her husband's goodwill to ensue. She was uh, welcomed into society and often faced uh, censure, suspicion of her foreign influence, and outright jealousy. That's kind of a good point because, I mean, back then, uh, with kind of the hubby being the face of the deal, 
if he was a b- pile of garbage, they'd probably think pretty low of you as well. Um, I almost feel like nowadays you've got a better opportunity to, to for your significant other to be garbage and then them not be so hard on you uh, in, in the public's eye, but who's to say? Um, unable to form friendship, she was ostracized and should her husband's affection waver, uh, those who sought her downfall would pounce. In many cases, the princess simply returned home, leaving her children behind. In others, she or her husband would die. Yet she is remembered through her children, who were born with greater strength and intelligence than those around them, enabling uh, the family to assert its claim that they had been granted the divine right rule by the gods, the superior children, uh, proof of the gods' favor. That's got a, that's got like our uh, Nephilim, got a little bit of Nephilim up in there, a little bit. You know, well, they're going to want to uh, who's who's ever in charge and claims that heritage is is going to want to keep it going through their children, so that the stories to back that up are going to be out be put out there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting deal. You know, it's uh. Yes, dear. Proof of the gods' favor. So she is now gone, and they live on. Her children, children are stronger, and live on out there. Yeah, I guess she made the. Uh, she took the ultimate sacrifice for her kids, eh? Uh, that's not really unusual for a parent. A good, a good one, yeah. Yeah. So uh, having a god that would do that sets a good example. And justifies what uh, people would do. Makes it godlike. It's definitely some some stuff for sure. Also got the uh, the cult of the serpent. I just want to touch base on that real quick. It was a secret society of serpent men formed at some point during the pre-catalysmic age, after humanity had overthrown the empires of the serpent men and other demonic races disguising themselves as human priests, their surviving serpent men infiltrated human society, becoming the secret power behind the throne of Elucia. That's heavy, huh? No comment. Uh, I'm try- trying to digest that one there. They conquered them, and then they disguised them as u- themselves as human and did a power behind the scenes. Yeah, they it's, have, in, it's they, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, once you conquer, you think it would be, that would be a wrap. That'd be it. Well, that's, you know, again, it, it might be that, you know, mankind just went there. Well, we don't need to kill them all. We've beaten them. We've chased them off. And then you turn around, you don't see them morph into a human form and infiltrate. They took it to the to the mountains for a little bit. Took it to the inner earth, like our snake people. Yeah, it's definitely some interesting stuff for sure. I um, yeah, it's the snakes are, are definitely very. Can you think of any? I can't think of really any, you know any other um 
outside of a human. I mean, realistically, in the in the Bible, in the Bible, outside of humans, there when it comes to animals and stuff, there isn't any other other anything uh, as important as the snake, is there? Not that I can think of snakes symbolizing evil. You need good and evil, so the snake's going to be prominent as your adversary. For the most part, the only animals in the Bible are kind of the, the Noah's Ark part, or they threw out, uh, I know. Uh, well, you do have the animals that are mentioned in Food Not to Eat. You have the animals that are mentioned uh, for sacrifice, but outside, and outside of things like that, the snake dominates. They mentioned food not to eat certain animals. Yes. Why? What are we supposed to be eating? Well, they were considered unclean animals, like pig. Like pig. Yeah, makes sense. Pig is a foul animal, you know. Yeah. Well, if you talk about knowledge being passed down along that line, if you take a look at the list of unclean foods. Uh-huh. And you take away what we have today for processing, refrigeration, or anything. They were all foods that would make people sick. Mm. So it's kind of like, who learned this and who taught them? Well, that's going to be probably the biggest reason why, you know, they say back in the day people lived longer. I'd say the biggest factors of why people aren't living as long nowadays is foods that we and then probably the stress, you know, how we always talk about people worrying about the stresses of life, you know, that you don't really, you don't really think of them every day, but, you know, make, not want, making sure you have the, the money to pay your bills and all that stuff like that is kind of a burden on you, you know what I mean? Um, you know, stuff like that, that stress and, uh, you know, I think that's kind of the dealio with, with that, you know what I mean? Kendrick Dog made it a made a cameo appearance. Yeah, I um, I'm with it. Do you want? Do you got anything else you want to kind of say about the the, the snake cult? Uh, no. We talked pretty much why people might see the snake as something magical, and in that, whenever there was something that showed had power or not just magical, but was just powerful, whether it be a cult or uh, people who wanted to rule over others, they would always assume or claim the magic or the power of that, that being that animal. And they did it with the snake around the world because it was universally appealing as something that was a mystery as to how it could survive, but we could not. And that's what they not understanding the snake, that's what they saw as magic. Yeah. You know, snakes are, you know, we had Homer, of course, famous snakes, after the famous Simpsons character, of course. Now, when did the snakes have been, since the beginning of everything, they've been there, you know what I mean? Yeah, they go way, way back. Pre-prehistoric, you think? Gotta be. Uh, I don't know. I'm wondering if they're one of the survivors when the dinosaurs didn't. I noticed that most of the survivors were either in, uh, that would have been, what, uh, 65, 70 million years ago? Yeah. Dinosaur extinction, something like that. Um, 
most of the survivors of that were all, I know the marsupials and uh, fi- different fish. Uh, there were alligators that were around, uh, whales. Um, a lot of the smaller things are in the ground things survived. And snakes would fit in that category. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they were, in fact, around back then. Yeah, so that would be many more millions years old than we are. You know, they said that the the old they, the fossils are kind of hard to get because they're so small. But they said that the uh, the oldest fossil they have is dated between 112 and 94 million years ago. Oh yeah, they were slithering around trying to avoid that T Rex stomping. I mean, they're very when you really think of it, they really are kind of snakes. Kind of are you know, dinosaur-like, when you think of a dinosaur, they're just not upright, you know, if they didn't have spines and they, you know what I mean? If snakes never had a spine, it would probably, if, you know, if you were on the ground crawling around all the time, that's probably what you would evolve into if you didn't have a spine, you know what I mean? Something like that deal. Um, 112 to 94 million years old, shite. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is, well, if you take uh, a lot of early cultures, early mankind, everything was oral tradition. So you would have people possibly telling stories about how generations ago, uh, you know, these uh, hunter-gatherers, they'd be telling everybody else in the clan about they had these uh, big furry things with tusks that they used to hunt back in the day. And it, of course, they're referring to woolly mammoths, but they, these stories are passed around and then the things disappeared and then they talk about something else and they disappeared. You know, some kid says, well, what about the snake? And they said, oh, no, that's always been here. Yeah. And since the, since the snake survived in every single story and every single legend uh, unchanged, then, yeah, I would I could see where people would think that uh, that's something they could worship or had special power. You know, based on uh, comparative anatomy, which is something I'd like to get deeper into, just the, the, the practice of that on the show sometime. But there's a consensus that snakes descended from lizards, meaning lizards are even older. Uh, and realistically, if you were to if you were to say what's the closest thing to a dinosaur, it's a lizard. You know what I mean? It's got to be a lizard. You make a lizard the size of a, of, of a pickup truck, and that's a dinosaur. You know what I mean? In my mind, at least. My bad. My money. <laughs> sure. Well, in some of the early black and white films, uh, when they wanted to portray dinosaurs, what they used right. to do is build a, a miniature set of a forest and let lizards run loose or fight on it. And they, people accepted that, not knowing that they were what they looked like. People accepted those as dinosaurs fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those movies. I love that look. It's a good, uh, it's a good little effect. It was effective. But it's one of those deals, you know. Both fossils and phylogenetic studies demonstrate that snakes evolved from lizards. Hence, the question became which genetic changes led to limb loss in the snake ancestor. Limb loss is actually very common in extant reptiles and has happened dozens of times within uh, skinks, 
anguids, and other lizards. In 2016, two studies reported that limb loss in snakes is associated with DNA mutations in the zone of polarizing activity regulatory sequence, CRS, a regulatory region of the sonic hedgehog gene. I don't know what the fuck that is. I thought that was a video game. I didn't know it was a real deal. Sonic <laughs> Hedgehog. Yeah, Sonic. Did you know that was a real thing? No, I did not. Yeah, all right, good. Now I don't feel like a dummy. Sonic Hedgehog uh, is a protein encoded for by the SHH gene. This uh, The protein is named after the character Sonic the Hedgehog. There you go. Uh, this gene, which is critically required for limb development, more advanced snakes have no remnants of limbs. But basil snakes, such as pythons and boas, do have traces of highly reduced uh, vegetal hind limbs. Uh, Python embryos uh, even have fully developed hind limb buds, but their their later development is stopped by the DNA mutations in the ZRS. Yeah, very interesting. 3,900 species of snakes. Oh, that's one for every taste. And the, uh, the man snake is in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the upright walking and talking, uh, playing poker on his cell phone snakes is in that mix. Definitely. You got now a taxidermy? What? Taxidermy, like when they stuff the snakes and stuff animals and stuff? Well, I know what it is, yeah. Yeah, I have you ever wanted to do it? Nope. I'm with you. But yeah, that's pretty much the dealio with all the snake stuff. Um, the legless lizards, if you will. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 uh, they're definitely, uh, the most, probably one of the most misunderstood species of, uh, that we, that, that mankind's ever known. You know what I mean? The way we talked about them, more so I talked about them. Ray don't get afraid of anything, but um, the way I talked about how they just cause kind of fear in me, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I think it does, and it does that for a lot of people. I know a lot of people get scared by snakes, and it's kind of a bad rap, you know what I mean? Or maybe it isn't. Who does to say? Who's to say? But well, uh, gr- uh, growing uh, up in a small town, and there were three rivers and several ponds and a reservoir near here. Um, at the time, it was small, undeveloped. Uh, we used to take off and go, you know, hang out on the rivers or reservoirs. We wouldn't only catch frogs and stuff, we'd catch snakes. Mm. So even uh, pre-10 years old, before my parents moved, I was playing and handling handling snakes back then like a, with child curiosity. And in Texas, I was uh, exposed to someone who had a lot of pet snakes. I haven't had that sort of fear, but that's only because of that exposure to them. Yeah, you've, yeah. Well, you're more of a man than I'll ever be. Whenever I've seen a snake in all my days, it's like, the, I, like just picture a kid doing serious, like a kid that shouldn't be serious doing serious face out of nowhere. Like if I was walking and I stepped on a nail, my face went <laughs> serious face. The um always horrifying. Even when I seen those snakes that we handled at that that place, man, uh, I, I wasn't the first one to jump in line to do it. It was kind of like, uh, you know, 
I was I was comfortable with the snake, so it was okay, you know. But yeah, the snake man, bad rap. They get a bad rap for sure. It's like pit bulls, you know what I mean? It's yeah. all how you raise your snakes. You know, venomous. You think the ven- you think the fact that they they got venom adds to the fear and they can kill you? It's got to be right. Uh, that'd be a, that'd be a major thing. That tiny thing could bite you and you can die. That's that's going to scare anybody. That's that's good. you got this this small slithery thing that can give you a pop and then you're done. So you know what I mean. Um, and don't don't forget know. the big don't forget the big ones that are going to wrap around you, crush you to death, and then oh eat you. God. Oh my god, anaconda style. I. Uh, I tell you, man, that's some horrifying stuff. There's, there's, there's few things as I, as I just look around the office right now, I say there's few things that could walk through that door that would horrify me. But, uh, a snake bigger than a baseball bat would be one of those things that would not sit well with me. And, uh, and, uh, parts of Asia, they, when they have, problems with too many boas particularly comfortable going near villages what they used to do is they used to take a small goat and put it in a at the edge of the village they would put it in a cage that they made now the bars would be just big enough so this goat couldn't get out and they would leave it there uh feed it every day and usually one day they would go back and the goat wouldn't be there because uh, a boa would have gone in there, killed it, eaten it, but now it can't go out back through the bars because it's too fat. You can see the sh- actually you see the shape of something. So the undigested goat would prevent it from escaping, and they would kill the problem boa. Yeah, man, I don't think I could ever get used to that lifestyle of snake being around snakes that could kill you. Don't ever move to. Don't ever move outside of a city in Texas. No, 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 no. I'd only pop in for appearances and go home, my friend, or a project. Um, yeah, Texas is one of those places you got to be careful. You just go for a walk, you get done in. I don't know, Florida's rough with that. Alligators, like I, my, my, I had family in Florida years ago, and going down there for vacation, it was such like a weird, crazy flip that you got to worry about because they live by a pond kind of when you were outside at night. Um, like in the backyard, they would say like, you better be like, for real, be careful because there was like some big ass alligator or whatever that fucking hung out in that pond. And Doogie, there's very few, there's very few, I'd have to put an alligator getting killed by an alligator and snake are both on my top five, not want to die list. You know what I mean? Ways nobody, I don't think would rather go out uh maybe one day we'll put together a nice fun list for an episode of our top five ways we don't want to go out um but we don't want to jinx ourselves you know what i mean but yeah those those yeah snakes are crazy they are they can be like that snake that I, that white that turned colors they can be beautiful you know you you see pictures you see like um they're, they're like works of art for crying out loud some of the patterns on these snakes you know I always wonder where that comes from. It's style. It's almost like they're born with style. You know what I mean? It's an interesting deal. But, heck yeah, folks. 
we just took a trip, you know what I mean? Tracing the origins of the serpent cult. Um, so if you are approaching uh, anywhere, right, and you hear the slither and the, the sis, the, the snake coming at you, the hissing, just, just, I don't even know what to do. You learn how to fly real quick because it could be behind you, it could be in front of you, it could be to the sides. Um, if anaconda, if, if there was, if, if, if like 30 foot, you know, foot, two foot wide snakes roamed our play, that'd be something we couldn't deal with because they're, they're quick. They're super quick too, which is horrifying. You know what I mean? The way they snap, just get you. If, if snakes, if snakes, uh, if they got bigger, you know what I mean? Everybody should be, everybody out there listening should always recycle and always, you know, do their best to try and make sure corporations aren't dumping their toxic waste everywhere. Because if we pollute enough of the earth, that toxic waste might make these things grow to like unreasonable sizes and we won't be able to keep up with it. And then maybe, the animals will get their day in the sun. It'll be their parade then. Humanity will have lost the battle. They were given the chance, the opportunity for good things, but they dropped the bizall. So now it was time to give uh, the reptilians a chance. You know what I mean? So be good out there, everybody. Don't let that happen. You know, on behalf of mostly ghostly, we don't want to see that happen. And uh, but we do want to see you laughing and having fun and getting ghosted out. Check out all the social medias, you know what I mean, and follow along. Listen to more episodes wherever you listen to this one, and uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. Right, right. That's right.